0: delighted that you've joined us for another broadcast of Let the Bible Speak, featuring messages preached by Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. Currently, Dr. Cairns is bringing a series of studies in the earthly life of the Lord Jesus Christ, messages that will give insights into the various aspects of our Lord's temporal ministry, from His teaching and miracles to His atoning death on the cross and His glorious resurrection. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns in just a few minutes. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of C.H. Spurgeon, found in his collection called Faith's Checkbook. Our devotional for today is entitled His Kindness and Covenant. The text is Isaiah chapter 54 and verse 10. For the mountain shall depart and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from thee. Neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, saith the Lord that hath mercy on thee. One of the most delightful qualities of divine love is its abiding character. The pillars of the earth may be moved out of their places, but the kindness and the covenant of our merciful Jehovah never depart from his people. How happy my soul feels in a firm belief of this inspired declaration. The year is almost over, and the years of my life are growing few. But time does not change, my Lord. New lamps are taking the place of the old. Perpetual change is on all things. But our Lord is the same. Force overturns the hills, but no conceivable power can affect the eternal God. Nothing in the past, the present, or the future can cause Jehovah to be unkind to me. My soul... Rest in the eternal kindness of the Lord, who treats thee as one of near kin. Remember also the everlasting covenant. God is ever mindful of it. See that thou art mindful of it too. In Christ Jesus, the glorious God has pledged himself to thee to be thy God, and to hold thee as one of his people. Kindness and covenant— Dwell on these words as sure and lasting things which eternity itself shall not take from thee. Regular Bible reading is an essential part of the Christian life. In the Holy Scriptures, God has given us everything we need to know for salvation, for spiritual growth, and for the many issues and problems that believers face. However, many Christians do not profit from the Bible as they should because they have no guidance as to how to study it. Several ministers of the Free Presbyterian Church, including Dr. Alan Cairns, produced a brief but very helpful brochure called Ten Commandments of Bible Study, which will help you to gain much blessing from your time in the Holy Scriptures. The method is designed to help believers achieve a comprehensive knowledge of the chapter contents of the Scriptures and to enable them to use that knowledge to guide and quicken them in their personal prayer lives. For a free copy of Ten Commandments of Bible Study, simply email info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. You may call us, if you wish, at 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. Or if you prefer regular mail, simply write, Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak. 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Increase your knowledge of God's Word by requesting your free copy of Ten Commandments of Bible Study. On today's broadcast of Let the Bible Speak, Dr. Cairns continues to deal with the subject of Christ as the Divine Teacher. The text is portions of Matthew chapter 13. It was at this point in his earthly ministry that Jesus departed from direct teaching of the Jews and began to employ parables. He taught great spiritual truths using situations that the people understood, such as the sower of the seed and the types of the soil the tares and the wheat, and the mustard seed. He took things from the material world to expound spiritual eternal truth. The use of such illustrations shows Christ as the great Creator and the purpose of all creation to serve Him. In addition, the parables illustrate Christ's sovereignty and salvation. Every time the gospel is preached, there is light for everyone to hear. Those who really desire to know God will find that he will give them faith to believe. Those who refuse Christ do so because they are willfully blind. Now here is Dr. Cairns to bring the next portion of this message, The Divine Teacher.
1: And as I look at this, I find that the Lord Jesus Christ had various purposes in mind in using parables. To the crowd, he told the parables, to the disciples, or if I could describe the same people from a different angle, to those who came inquiring, who had a heart to know the parables, to them he added the divine interpretation. John Calvin was right on the truth when he said, it follows that by divine appointment... The doctrine of salvation is not proclaimed to all men for the same end or purpose, but it is so regulated by his wonderful purpose that it is no less a savor of death unto death to the reprobate than a life-giving savor to the elect, as 2 Corinthians two fifteen and 16 tells. And in order that no one may dare to murmur, Paul declares in that passage, That whatever may be the effect of the gospel, its savor, though or even when deadly, is always a sweet savor to God. In other words, God has a dual purpose, and Christ had a dual purpose in preaching the gospel. It is a purpose to the world in general. It is to his chosen church in particular. The purpose to the one is not the purpose to the other. It is to give them all the truth. But in such a way as it will be to his people, a savor of life unto life, to those who are reprobate. Don't forget the basis of reprobation is, or should I say at the heart of reprobation, lies condemnation. And the basis of condemnation is sin. To them it is a savor of death unto death. So the point I want to make this morning is simply this. That in stating his reasons for teaching by parables, the Lord Jesus Christ shows himself to be the sovereign who dispenses his salvation according to his will. And yet who holds sinners responsible for their sin and for its consequences Christ as he teaches in parables declares I am sovereign in salvation God owes no man anything but the righteous judgment of sin I am sovereign in salvation but I will justly hold every lost sinner responsible for his own sin and for its consequences. Let me remark, first of all, that the Lord Jesus Christ, as the parables, Make clear to us, set the truth of God before men in clear and luminous terms. I've already twice cited the words of Mark in chapter 4, verse 33, that Christ spoke to the people as they were able to hear it. Isaiah 45, verse 19 certainly states the same truth and it is the truth of Messiah. I have not spoken in secret in a dark place of the earth. I said not to the seed of Jacob, seek ye me in vain. So I want to make this as a preliminary point this morning. No matter what we say or what we understand from Christ's answer to the question, why do you teach in parables? We can never lose sight of the fact that in his preaching, in his teaching, in that of his apostles, and in any general scriptural presentation of the gospel, the Lord Jesus Christ sets before man truth, that is, saving truth, That is divine truth, inspired and inherent truth. It is gospel truth, and they are able to hear it. He says, seek ye me, and he does not say it in vain. The word of God is a lamp. The word of God is a light. The entrance of that light illuminates the heart of even the simplest. Psalm 119 makes that clear. I will not take time this morning to go down the statements of Psalm 119 on the luminosity of the word of God. But certainly the Bible is making it clear and Christ is making it clear that in teaching the people, he did it in a way that they were able to hear. I will show you in due course. He did it to the full extent of any interest they were willing to exhibit. There's a light in every part of God's truth and there's a light in the parables. I have admitted that many of them are difficult. But nonetheless, there is a light in them. You cannot help but see that when you read it even when you read things that baffle your understanding you're aware of being bathed in a divine light there's light in the word but secondly sinners are spiritually blind and they're dull verse 13 therefore speak I to them in parables because they seeing see not and hearing they hear not neither do they understand verse 15 this people's heart is waxed gross, their ears are dull of hearing, their, and watch this, their eyes they have closed. This is a word of condemnation. And the Lord Jesus is saying to the people, I am setting before these people enough light to save a world, but they are blind. When light shines, they don't see it. I am sounding forth such truth as would rescue the most uh, perishing sinner, but they are dull of hearing. They have waxed gross against God. So what does the Lord do? Third, to some... God, verse 11, give it as a gift that they would receive a special saving revelation. To you it is given to understand. Now stop and think, here's sovereign grace. Were these disciples not sinners like all the rest? Were these disciples not born just as wicked as all the rest? Were these disciples not just as dull of hearing, as blind, Certainly they are. In fact, you've only got to read the rest of the ministry of Christ among the disciples and you'll be convinced that even after they were made disciples, they were still mighty slow in the uptake. But he says, to you it is given. To you it is given. Here is the sovereignty of grace at work. There is a vast number of people Blind and dull of hearing and disinterested in heart. They see, but they don't perceive. They hear, but they don't understand. They have opportunity, but they never grasp it. They meet with the Son of God, but they turn from Him and waltz all the way to hell in the embrace of the devil. And out of that vast group of wicked, guilty sinners comes the a people drawn by the hand of sovereign grace, and to them Jesus says, To you it is given to understand. But to them it's not. That's where people begin to find fault with God. Why would God do that? I always liked Doctor Paisley's answer to people who try to pry into things they shouldn't. He always said, "You just go and mind your own business." and leave it to the Lord to mind his I cannot tell you why for example God chose Abraham an idolater living in Ur of the Chaldees but he did and when Abraham brought Terah his father with him God kept him out of Canaan until Terah died God had never called Terah chose Abraham and of the sons of Abraham he chose Isaac and of the sons of Isaac he chose Jacob not because Jacob was a better man than Esau in any way that men at least would count better then he chose Israel as a people he says, I loved you because I loved you. I chose you because I loved you. To you it is given. The rest remain in a darkness that's undisturbed even by the light of the gospel. There's one thing, or something, should I say, that I've got to point out about this darkness as I, as I say people want to argue with God why do you do this and then they make an illogical jump they say look at those poor people and because of the hardness of the decree of God's election those poor people can't perceive. High twisted human thinking can become follow me very carefully here verse 15 the blankness of sinners is willful this people's heart is waxed gross their ears are dull of hearing their eyes they have closed lest at any time they should see with their eyes There is not the slightest semblance of the idea here that here are some people who desperately want to see, but God won't let them. They desperately want to hear, but God won't allow it. They long to be saved, but God won't save them. That's nonsense. When the Bible says, whosoever will, let him come. It means exactly that let him come and when you've come you'll thank God that he brought you but what the Lord Jesus is saying is I'm dealing with a people who want to be blind I'm dealing with a people who want to be deaf to my call I am dealing with a people who have shut their eyes deliberately so that they will not see and they're dead scared unless they might see. This is a willful blindness. The old notion of poor sinners wanting to be saved and the sovereign God prohibiting them is utter nonsense. The truth is that all men, given their own natural bent, would go all the way to destruction and from the very gates of hell, they would still say, we will not have this man. So would you and so would I but for the rescuing hand of sovereign grace. That's what Christ is saying.
0: Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. Founded by Dr. Alan Cairns, Let the Bible Speak is also heard in many parts of the world through the international radio outreach of Let the Bible Speak, produced in Northern Ireland. The Free Presbyterian Church stands without apology for the absolute inerrancy of the Bible, emphasizing preaching that centers on the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ and is militant in its stand against the ecumenical apostasy and the efforts of the world to infiltrate the Church. For further information about the Free Presbyterian Church, you may email info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. You may call us at 864-244-2408. Or you may write, Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Again, that's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Also, we encourage you to visit the website of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America at www.fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelsch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we Let the Bible Speak.